Hey guys, just a disclaimer before I start the episode. In this episode, I'm talking about uh, my experience uh, with brain surgery in the medical field and all that stuff. And I just want to emphasize again, which I will do in the episode, that it is very important to follow the instructions of a medical professional. I am not a medical professional. I am just someone who has had an experience and I am sharing that experience for anyone who may be having a similar experience or have had a similar experience. Um, But again, I am not a medical professional. I have no medical experience whatsoever. So always, you know, um, consult with a professional for your medical needs. Um, And again, I'm just sharing my experience and I do think it's important to advocate for yourself but it's also important to do what's best for your health and and all that good stuff. So just as a disclaimer, everything that I say in the episode is how I truly feel. Um, But I am not someone who is giving medical advice because I am not licensed or authorized to do so. So enjoy this episode and thanks for listening. Welcome to another episode of Healing with Nama. I'm Casey, aka Nama, and I am back with another solo episode. I also wanted to just say thank you so much to everyone who continues to listen to the podcast. The last episode that I did with Meg on Twin Flames has been doing amazing, and people are seeming to really love that episode. Uh, Hopefully, her and I can get our schedules together and meet to do another episode. Um, because it's something that I really enjoy learning about and talking about and obviously other people do too so I definitely plan on having her back on the show again in the near future to talk about um, Twin Flame Union Um, and I'd also love for anyone that was really interested in that episode to uh, let me know if you have any specific questions like about Union or anything that you would want me to ask her about when we do the episode Um, You can just, you know, put that on Instagram or like DM me or something so that I can make sure that I get those questions and ask her the questions that you guys want to know about. Um, And yeah, so look forward to that episode eventually. I'm not sure when we'll be able to get that together, but hopefully sooner rather than later. All right. And yeah, so let's just jump into this episode. This episode, I just wanted to talk about something that happened, <clears throat> excuse me, um, with me or to me or for me, I guess, a couple of years ago. If you follow me on YouTube, you already probably heard this story, maybe, if you've listened to the episodes, but it is my brain surgery. So, for those who don't know, in May of 2020, I underwent, 
underwent. Is that a word? I don't know. I had brain surgery um, to remove a tumor from my pituitary gland. And on YouTube, I did a three-part episode um, just talking about the experience and stuff. But I figured it would be good to make a podcast episode about it just because some of my listeners may have not heard that story. And I also think it's really important because it's a situation where I did have to advocate for myself and my health and be persistent and not just, you know, take what the doctors were saying as the only way out because I knew that something was wrong. Um, And I just think it's really important to make sure that people understand that while doctors, you know, medical professionals are professionals and they you know, are well-versed in their profession, it's important to know when something is going on with your body and people are not listening because there are instances, not every time, but there are instances where people are advocating for themselves or they're telling their doctor, hey, this is how I'm feeling, this is what's happening, and they're not getting help, and the doctor is just kind of telling them, you know, just, oh, take this medicine, do this, do that, and it's not helping, and, you know, People are having these conditions or, you know, things are happening that shouldn't be happening because if the doctor just would listen to them and, and, and do more than just throwing prescriptions at them, um, the problem could be solved a lot quicker. So that's just a long way of saying it's important to know when it's okay to advocate for yourself, especially when it comes to your medical health, you know, um, there's a lot of high birth rate, um, like Uh, deaths at childbirth for women especially african-american women because you know nobody's listening to them when they're saying hey something's not right or there's just so many things that can happen and while i appreciate all the medical professionals out there and you know the healthcare people and the frontliners um, there are instances where people are not being heard and it's just really important for you to know that it's okay to speak up for yourself so anyway after all that blah 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 um i just wanted to kind of tell you about my story so hopefully i can fit everything into one episode but i do not like making super duper long episodes just because i personally don't have a long attention span and i don't like hearing long stories so sometimes it's easier for me just to break things up because it gives me a little bit of a break and like a pause And I can kind of like regroup so that I can pay attention really and absorb what's being said. So I'll just start from as far the beginning as I can remember. So I had a an irregular menstrual cycle for years. Um, And I remember vaguely going to like the nurse at my college and telling her like, you know, what was happening. She's like, oh, that's normal, you know, not a big deal, whatever. So for years, I just had an irregular period and think anything of it. Um, And I figured, you know, this is normal because this person is telling me that it's normal. So it's nothing for me to really worry about. Um, And as I got older and my sister was diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome or ovary syndrome um she was telling me the symptoms that she was having and i'm like that sounds a lot like what's happening with me and what's been happening to me for such a long time i think i need to look into that so um i did i went to my uh pcp my you know primary care physician and told her hey like 
this is what I'm experiencing. I having irregular periods and hair growth and acne and all these different things. And <clears throat> my sister has just been diagnosed with PCOS. And I think that um, I might also have it as well. And I, she did some tests, you know, like she did the whatever it is for my ovaries to see if there were any cysts and there weren't. So she's like, well, I don't think you have PCOS and all this other stuff. And I'm like, okay, but something's wrong. Like, obviously, I'm not supposed to be having irregular cycles and all this other stuff. And I really would like you to refer me to someone who is a special a specialist in this and who can actually give me more information about this PCOS because I don't feel like um, it's okay for this to be happening to me. So I had to ask her a couple of times to refer me and she did refer me to an endocrinologist and that's a hormone doctor. Um, and then I saw that hormone doctor and she listened to what I was telling her, diagnosed me with PCOS and told me to um, take certain medications. She, she basically told me there's no cure, there's nothing you can do. All you can do is take these medications to kind of stop the hair growth, stop you from, you know, being pre-diabetic and try and regulate your um, cycle. So at first I was hesitant. I didn't want to take all those medications. Um, I didn't really want to start on birth control and all those things. So it took me a little bit of time to actually say, okay, I want to start taking these things. It took me a few months. And then finally I was like, okay, I think it's a good idea because, you know, I was thinking about the future. At this point, I think I was like 26 or going on 27. And I was thinking about, you know, the future, like I want to have kids, blah, blah, blah. So I went back and I said, okay, I'll start taking the medication. So I started taking birth control and metformin and spironolactone, uh, which is to stop the, like supposed to stop the hair growth and like help with your hormones. Because from my understanding, PCOS also affects your hormone level. So women with PCOS have higher levels of testosterone, which, which, is why you would see the extra hair growth, you know, on your chin or wherever. And some women have it really, really um, prominent to where it has, it's very obvious that they have um, like masculine hair growth. I don't know how to say it in a, in a way that's not, you know, rude or anything like that. But they have a lot of excess hair growth and luckily in my case it wasn't that but it was you know more than what I would like it to have been so anyway after about a year and a half of taking all those medications and still I did not have regular cycles my cycle was still irregular the hair growth was still there the acne was still there nothing really changed um the only thing that really helped with the acne, because at the time I had um, cystic acne, which is like super painful. It was itchy. It was very prominent, like especially along my jawline. It was just really inflamed and just awful. It was embarrassing for me. I didn't want to be seen without makeup because my face just looked, you know, just had pimples all the time. Sometimes they were white. Like it just looked really bad. And... um. I was taking all these medicines and nothing was helping. The only thing that helped with the acne was taking turmeric capsules. And that I noticed kind of like took down the inflammation in my body and helped the acne not be so awful. Um, 
And so I heard of I heard this doctor on a podcast named Jolene Brighton, and she was you know an endocrinologist, and she had written a book called Beyond the Pill, and it was talking about all the things that can happen when you take birth control, and it just had a lot of helpful information about you know how your body reacts to birth control, and why it's not really that great for you. Um, different things that you can do like it just had so much information in it and I had already really been thinking about no, no longer taking those medications because they weren't working so it will to me it was like what's the point they're not working I don't have a reg I don't have regular periods the hair is still there like everything's the same and after I read that book I was like mm, I don't want to take this anymore because not only is nothing changing, but now I'm putting this stuff in my body and, you know, it's it can have long-term effects and, you know, there's just no point. There's no point in me taking all these things and they're not working and they're doing more harm than good. So I stopped. I stopped taking all the medicines. Um, I did do it cold turkey. I didn't talk to my doctor about it. I don't recommend that. Always talk to your medical professional, your doctor, before you do that. Um, but I don't think that I did that. I don't remember. It's been a few years. But I don't remember actually talking to them. I just said, I'm not taking this anymore. And I didn't take it anymore. Um, I didn't notice any side effects. But again, talk to your doctor before you stop any medications that you've been put on. Because um, that's really important. Uh, and then along the lines of me stopping the medication, I had a switch in insurance. So I lost, you know, the doctors that I was going to before. I had to get new doctors, which meant getting a new endocrinologist as well. And he is actually someone that I consider like a savior because he changed my life. So Dr. Joe, um, he was the endocrinologist that I was assigned to for my new insurance. I went to go see him. I told him my history about, you know, having the PCOS and the symptoms and having taken this medication, but it didn't work. And he's like, yeah, if it's not working, go ahead and stop. You know, you don't need to be taking this medication for no reason. And I was like, well, that's good because I'm not taking it anyway. So um, he agreed, you know, he agreed with me about the birth control and all those things. And I told him at the time, before I had, you know, saw him, I was talking to my primary care physician and I was saying, hey, I want to have the gastric sleeve because I know other people who have had the gastric sleeve because of their weight. And um, at this time, I was pushing 200 pounds and I'm only 5'2", so it was very uncomfortable for me. I felt bloated uncomfortable my face had gotten very round I couldn't fit my clothes anymore I was tired and sluggish like I just felt awful and I was like I'm exercising five days a week I'm doing high intensity workouts I'm walking I'm trying to eat better and I'm actually gaining weight rather than losing weight and this had been going on for almost a year and I was like okay well then I'm gonna get this gastric sleeve everybody else you know around me had gotten it and had lost weight and I'm like I'm just gonna get this gastric sleeve because I cannot continue to gain weight and gain weight this is not fun for me and so I had already talked to my primary care physician about starting the process what do I need to do like you know let's get this gastric sleeve thing going and then I went to go see this new endocrinologist and he's like 
I feel like I you should wait. I want you to wait because there's another option. There's something else that could be happening with what the the symptoms that you're describing and I don't want you to have an unnecessary weight loss surgery. So he's like, you know, let's do these tests. Let's run these tests, these urine tests and all these different tests uh, because I think that you might have Cushing's disease. I had no idea what that was, but he explained it to me and how I understand it to be is um, your, your body is overproducing the stress hormone, which is cortisol. And so it's kind of like that flight when fight or flight um, response in your body is overproducing it's overworking and it's on all the time and it's on like a hundred percent just going 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 and that is not good for your body you know it does a lot of damage to your body because you're not supposed to be in that state all day every day that's only a response that you're supposed to be having that your body's supposed to be having when you're actually in distress or there's something actually wrong so to go about your daily life and your body is constantly in that state it can affect your body and it can affect the way that your body works which caused me to gain weight which caused me to have irregular periods and everything else you know all those different things so um he wanted me to do these tests and see if my cortisol levels were high they were they were like sky high when they came back the cortisol levels were super high and so he's like okay definitely something's going on now we need to figure out where the cortisol like um is coming from i guess like the levels when you have cushings it can either be coming from your adrenal gland or it could be coming from your pituitary gland which is on your brain and he's like, we need to do a brain MRI because from the looks of the test that we've already run, it looks like to me that your Cushing's is coming from your pituitary gland. So we need to do an MRI in your brain to make sure um, to see if there's actually a tumor or not um, so we can move forward. So I'm like, okay. And I was very distraught. I was not expecting to hear that definitely um i went to that doctor's appointment by myself because you know i just didn't realize what was happening i didn't think that it was going to be i didn't think that i was going to hear that when i went to go and see him um and he told me the possibilities of what could happen if the brain tumor was there you know if it was coming from my brain was either radiology or radiation or brain surgery and i'm like neither one of those options sound good at all you know i was not prepared to hear that i might have to have either radiation or brain surgery like neither option sounds good and i'm freaking out you know i was crying um, i was upset i had you know tell my family what was happening and of course they're you know worried because neither option sounds good um and it just wasn't good. And then obviously a lot of people, when you hear tumor, you think cancer. And my maternal grandmother passed away from lung cancer. So it's just very sore subject uh, for all of us um, to hear tumor, you know. So it was very worrisome. And all I could do was pray and just, you know, ask God to protect me and make sure that whatever outcome it was would be the best outcome. And it wouldn't be cancer, it would be benign, everything would be okay. Uh, because I was really scared. So I had to go in to get the MRI um, a little bit later. And 
it did come back that I had a tumor on my brain. Um, they told me it was benign, so that was a relief. Uh, it wasn't very big, but it was big enough to be causing a problem because the pituitary gland isn't that big. So anything that's kind of just laying on that gland is an issue. So luckily, you know, it wasn't in a place where it was affecting my eyesight. Like there's so many things that can happen by having this tumor on your brain. And I thank God every day that it was found before, you know, any real damage could have been done because it could have been much worse than it was. And so I'm so thankful that I didn't give up. You know, I didn't say, oh, well, I have PCOS. I'm just going to keep taking these medicines forever, even though they're not working. And or, you know, after I lost my other insurance, I just was like, oh, you know, I didn't just say, oh, I'm not going to go back to endocrinologist. I was like, no, there's still an issue. I need to see an endocrinologist and I need somebody to fix this because there is a problem. I lose, I'm not losing weight. I'm exercising. I'm gaining like something is wrong. So that's why I said it's so important for you to advocate for yourself. If you know your body, you know, if something isn't right, you know that, you know, if there's something going on and you feel like the medicine that you're taking isn't working or it's making things worse. I am 100% a believer that it is okay for you to tell your doctor that, you know, you need help. I need you to, if you can't help me, I need you to direct me to the specialist that can. I need a second opinion. I need you to put this down, you know, on my chart and say that you are refusing to run these tests for me. Like, it is very important and it may be controversial to say this, but it is important to me as someone who's gone through it and gone through having to push for people to listen to me, um, to get people to understand that it is important to speak up for yourself. Your doctor is not the end-all be-all. Yes, they have a medical degree, but you know what your body is doing or not doing. And if something doesn't feel right, you have every right to advocate for yourself. So that's my little PSA. So that's what I did. I did that for myself, and I'm, I'm still to this day very proud of myself for doing that. And this was at the end of... 2019 all this was happening and I'm very proud of myself still because things could be a lot different for me in my life if I hadn't done that and thank God that I did um, so having that MRI come back and then having to you know move forward with finding a another um, doctor a neurosurgeon to perform the surgery and to speak with me about you know what could happen? What does the surgery look like? You know, give me all the rundown about all these different things um, was really helpful because um, I didn't know what, I had no idea what this was. So just imagine, you know, going through all of this and you have, I don't know anybody who's had Cushing's. I've never even heard of that. So I didn't know anything about it. So I'm really thankful that for the most part, all the, the doctors that I talked to from the the point where I found out that I had Cushing's on were very helpful and made me feel good you know they made me feel like this is something that is still kind of new but that there are people out there that know about this and they know what to do and they know how to work with it and you're in good hands and that made me feel really good um so after I got the MRI and you know talked to the doctor um 
realized that that neurosurgeon in particular wasn't going to be able to do the surgery because he, the surgery that I needed is a pituitary tumor removal surgery. There's a, there's a medical term for it. I don't know how to pronounce it, so I'm not even going to try. But in that case, there has to be a neurosurgeon, obviously, to work on the brain. But there also needs to be an ENT, an ear, nose, and throat doctor, because this surgery requires them to go up through your nose. So uh, by the grace of God, I didn't have to have, you know, a hole in my head or, you know, I didn't have to have them cut through my head. They could go up through my nose. It's called endoscopic endonasal. Um, go up through my nose to reach the space on my brain where the pituitary gland was, scrape the tumor out. So the first neurosurgeon that I went to go see could not find an ENT that would be able to work with him and took my insurance. So he referred me out and he advocated for me for my insurance company and, you know, fought with them because they didn't want to have me go somewhere out of network but he's like I cannot perform this surgery you need to send her to this place and that place was UC Irvine so up in Irvine which at the time was about an hour and a half away from me um, and I didn't want to have to go there because it was an hour and a half away it was inconvenient um, there was another place that was a little bit closer but my insurance was being difficult so I ended up at UCI and the doctor that I had seen, the neurosurgeon that I had seen previously um, knew those people up at UCI, he knew the doctor, so he was able to refer me and they, you know, he was able to let me know like, these are doctors that do this surgery all the time, they're well versed in it. This is, um, you know, a study like hospital where people are, you know, training and stuff like that. So this is the best place for you to be for having Cushing's and having the surgery. So that made me feel really, really good to know that I was in a place where people knew what they were doing. They do this all the time. So it's a little bit less stressful because um, they know what they're doing, you know? Like it's not an experimental thing for them. This is something that they do. And those doctors up there were awesome. I had um, Dr. Sue, my neurosurgeon, Dr. Van Darker, my ENT. They were both awesome. I, I loved being in their care. I felt comfortable. They made me feel like they knew what they were doing. Um, they made me feel like, you know, the surgery was going to be a piece of cake for them. And although, of course, the normal, like, natural nerves were still there, um, I wasn't too worried about it. You know, I didn't feel like um, something was going to go wrong or, you know, they didn't know what they were doing. I felt really good about it. And so um, I'm thankful that I ended up there. So I prepared myself for surgery after that. So after meeting with Dr. Sue and, you know, him looking through my MRIs, my chart, talking to me, telling me what the surgery would be like, meeting with his team, um, and then, you know, a couple weeks later meeting with the ENT's team and meeting with, you know, with the ENT, talking to him and, and him checking my nose to see if there would be any issues or anything that could possibly stop him from being able to do his part in the surgery um, and doing all the stuff that I needed to do to prep. Um, couple, I guess it took a couple months to actually schedule a date and get me on the calendar. And then once that was done, I just had to prepare. So I had months to kind of 
do my best to mentally prepare for this thing that was happening for me. And then you all, I also want to point out that, that during the time that I was going through all this and, you know, getting ready to have the surgery, COVID hit. So right before I'm about to have the surgery, there's a major global pandemic going on that completely turned our world upside down and I still have to go into a hospital and have brain surgery. So it was very, very um, nerve wracking for me to not only have brain surgery, but now there's a deadly virus going on. I don't know, you know, how that, what that, how that's gonna affect me. And there's a possibility at this point that nobody's gonna be allowed in the hospital with me because no, they weren't letting people in the hospital at all. You know, so now it's like I have to have this life changing surgery and I have to do it by myself because nobody can be in there with me. So it was very like it was a lot. And I think the way that I handled it was kind of just to ignore it until I couldn't ignore it anymore. Um, obviously, I knew it was happening. I was aware. I let, you know, the people in my life that I really cared about know what was going on and it was a part of my life, but I did not spend a lot of time dwelling on it. I just avoided it because it was just easier that way. And up until the point where it was, you know, almost time to have surgery is when I actually started to, okay, this is happening. Like, I'm about to have brain surgery. I'm scared, I'm stressed, I'm nervous, I don't know what's going to happen, I don't know what this looks like, um, and then, you know, my my family is also stressed out because they don't know what's going to happen to me, and but they're also trying not to have me take on their stress because I'm the one that's having brain surgery, so it was just a hard time for everybody, it was crazy, like, I was worried about people, you know, that didn't live in our house being in the house with us. I was worried about contracting COVID. I, I just was really, it was a lot. So we're, you know, at this point, I'm having my surgery on May 5th. The pandemic started sometime in March. So, you know, less than two months of being in this crazy COVID pandemic. And then I have to have brain surgery. So it was a lot going on. Not it was a lot going on and the day before the surgery I had to go up to Irvine um, to get my CT scan my MRI uh, my COVID test and make sure that I didn't have any any issues leading up to the surgery and then make sure that they knew exactly where the tumor was so that they could just get to the tumor get it and then you know they, there was no complications so we did have to go up a day earlier um, and stay up there we just got a hotel and we stayed up there and it was a lot and in between that you know before I had to go up to Irvine I'd have MRIs and stuff and CAT scans and all that stuff so there was a lot of preparation in between but leading up to the day those are the three things that I had to do um, and then just getting prepared for the morning of, I think I had, I don't remember what time the surgery was. I'm pretty sure it was in the morning. Um, so I had to go there and my mom and my dad and my sister dropped me off at the hospital because they were the ones that came up and stayed. Um, and it was very emotional to say, you know, say my 
quote-unquote goodbyes to them knowing that nobody would be able to come in there with me um my mom at least was able to like wait in the waiting room with me until they called me back into you know the surgery prep so once they called me back she had to go and that was really hard because then it was like dang now I really am alone like I don't have anybody here with me like I'm this is and I should also point out this is my first time ever having surgery so I don't know what to expect in that regard at all either because I never had surgery before so it was my big first big hospital stay since I was born pretty much <laughs> um and I had to do it alone and it was tough so luckily the the lady the the nurse that took me back to the surgery prep room was really nice she understood you know how hard it must be for me to not be able to have anybody in there with me to be having the surgery like just all the things all those feelings that are coming up on top of it being covid you know and freshly in covid you know she just made me feel really comfortable and really good um, so I'm really grateful for that. Uh, I went back, I changed into my, you know, surgery outfit, um, called my family, chilled for a little bit, took a little, took a pre-surgery picture, and then they wheeled me back and they gave me the anesthesia, and all I remember is them counting down, and then waking up. So a lot of people say that, you know, when you get the anesthesia, you just remember hearing them count down. And then the next thing you know, you're waking up and you've already had surgery. And that's exactly what happened to me. I just remember waking up in the recovery room and there's people like, you know, around me. And I heard them on the phone with my mom, letting them know that I had woken up and, you know, all that different stuff. Because um, that everything was just done by phone at this time because they couldn't be in there with me. So, yeah, that happened. They woke me up. Um, sat there for a little bit then I went to my recovery room which was for this surgery they put you in the ICU just because of the type of surgery that you have um, so I had to be on the in the ICU on the ICU floor for a night just to make sure that I recovered properly everything was okay because it is a brain surgery and it's very um, can have a lot of really dangerous effects if it's not done right or you know complications anything can happen with your brain you know your brain is so important so I had to go on the ICU for a night I remember this is the crazy thing too I remember um, right after surgery I had to get another MRI so they could make sure that you know they got the tumor and everything looked okay and I remember kind of being out of it a little bit but hearing um, like the people that were wheeling me into the MRI whatever saying that the person that was in there before me had COVID so I was like are y'all gonna clean that out before you put me in there like it was just a lot you know like so now I'm like oh my gosh I just had brain surgery I don't know if I'm gonna catch COVID I'm so scared and nervous like I don't know what's gonna happen and luckily I didn't catch COVID so that was a good thing praise God I did not catch COVID um but it was scary you know I was like this is a real thing like somebody had COVID and I just I'm very susceptible to it now because I've had surgery so my body is not you know as strong as it could be and yeah 
So I think this might be a good place to end this episode. Um, I will record the rest another day. Or I'll just record it and put it out another day, I should say. Um, but I hope that you guys enjoyed this. And, and that I didn't ramble too much. Because, I don't know. I feel like I do sometimes. But, anyway. Thank you for listening. And then come back next episode so that I can talk about the recovery process and how I am doing now. So see you guys next week. Have an amazing week.